Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Magic in the Moon podcast. As always, I'm your host, David, and this week I'm going to be talking about the gods. Um, I'm going to talk about kind of the general Wiccan's perspective of the gods. I'm going to talk about kind of the history and the philosophical component of that conversation as well. I'm going to give the perspective of the Gardnerian tradition, um, of course, in the capacity of what I'm allowed to share with it being oathbound material. So I'm not going to share anything I can't share. Um, and then I'll also give my personal take on some things as well, because I get asked about the gods uh, kind of a lot. And something that I enjoy talking about, um, it's been a large focus on my academic life. I am a graduate student in the field of religious studies, so I enjoy this stuff. So um, before I get started, I kind of want to give the disclaimer that I always like to give, and I want to say that the Wiccan path is not one that requires you to adhere to a specific theology. So because of that, Wiccans do not regard divinity the same way. Um, and I'll explain that more in a moment, but that's kind of what that means generally. And I hope that makes sense. Um, and is helpful, but I'm gonna elaborate on that more a little bit in a second. So the Wiccan view of divinity generally, of course, not always, but generally is theistic and revolves around a goddess and a god. Um, that's what some people call dualism. Dualism, of course, meaning two. So in some forms of traditional Wicca, as expressed in the writings of Gerald Gardner and by one of his high priestesses, Doreen Valiente, the emphasis is on the theme of a divine gender polarity, and the god and the goddess are regarded as equal and opposite divine cosmic forces. Um, and some other forms of Wicca, particularly um, Dianic Wicca, the goddess is regarded um, either above the god or the god is not regarded at all. So, again, because the Wiccan view of divinity is so diverse, there's many different perspectives and philosophies that someone might subscribe to, if any. Um, I have personally met Wiccans that were theists, that were atheists, that were agnostic, um, all of those things. But some Wiccans are also polytheists. Um, they believe in many different deities that are taken from various pantheons, while others might believe that all the goddesses are one goddess and all the gods are one god, which is a quote from uh, Dion Fortune. That's kind of my perspective. I kind of believe that the various depictions of goddesses and gods throughout history and throughout cultures are ultimately just reflections of the goddess and the god, but that's just my take. And also still, some Wiccans are both duotheistic and polytheistic, um, sometimes with a combination of duotheism, polytheism, pantheism, etc meaning they honor diverse pagan deities while also reserving their worship for the Wiccan goddess and god who they regard as being supreme over the other deities. And this approach is not completely dissimilar to some ancient pagan pantheons where there's one divine couple who are seen as the supreme deities of the entire pantheon. Um, some examples might be Iris and Osiris in the ancient Egyptian pantheon, um, perhaps Hera and Zeus in the Greek pantheon, etc. So still some see divinity um, as having a real and literal existence, which is what I would say is my view, 
and others see the goddesses and gods as archetypes or thought forms within the collective consciousness. And that's kind of how um, there's an explanation for Wiccans that might be atheists, or maybe they're agnostic. They're acknowledging the gods in a way that is symbolic or psychological. And I'm not saying that um, if you're a theist and if you believe in literal gods, I'm not saying that you don't acknowledge a psychological component. I know I certainly do, but I'm, I would say that I don't believe the gods are only psychological. So according to the several, um, I can't talk, I'm sorry. <laughs> according to several 20th century witches, uh, most notably Gerald Gardner, who brought Wicca to the public, um, he said that the witches, god, and goddesses are the ancient gods of the British Isles, a horned god of hunting, death, and magic, who rules over an afterworld paradise, which is sometimes called the Summerland, and a goddess, the Great Mother, who is simultaneously the eternal virgin and the primordial enchantress, who gives regeneration and rebirth to the souls of the dead and who gives love to the living. The goddess is especially connected to the moon, the stars and the sea, while the horned god is connected to the sun and the forests. Um, and a quick little distinction I would like to make, um, and this is more so for my tradition specifically, so it doesn't apply to everyone, of course, um, but I was taught in my training that the Gardnerian tradition in particular does not view the god as literally being the sun and the goddess as literally being the moon, so we don't worship them as solar and lunar deities per se, but we acknowledge the god being a god of nature, um, the changes of the seasons and the agricultural cycles of hunting and farming are very much reliant on the movement of the earth around the sun. So whereas we may not acknowledge the god as a solar deity, we acknowledge that the sun plays an important role. And likewise with the goddess, we don't worship her as a lunar goddess, but with her associations with magic and life and love and regeneration, we can see that symbolized by the waxing and waning phases of the moon. That's kind of a nuanced distinction, and it's not a distinction that's important to everyone, but um, it was helpful to me, so I did wanna share it with you today because of the topic at hand. Um, Gerald Gardner also explains that the Wiccan god and goddess were the tribal gods of witches, just like the Egyptians had their tribal gods being Isis and Osiris, and the Jews had Elohim, which is um, a plural word, which at one point referred to Yahweh and Asherah as their divine couple before Judaism became a monotheistic religion about halfway um, to the writing of what we would now call the Old Testament or the Talmud. Um, Gardner stated that a being higher than any of these gods is recognized by the witches as a prime mover, but remains unknowable and is of little concern to them. Um, and that is certainly the perspective that some people have. There's a prime mover beyond the god and the goddess. I don't think it would be wise to say that all Wiccans believe that or that all witches believe that, because I don't think it's wise to make blanket statements in general like that, but that is um, what Gardner said at one point. So also, um, the goddess is seen as having a triple aspect, that of maiden, mother, and crone. Um, that is not reflective of my tradition necessarily, um, she's not worshipped as being a triple goddess per se, but again, we can see those as aspects of her persona because she encompasses all of those things. The god is also traditionally seen as being a horned god of the woods, and a key belief in some forms of Wicca is that the gods are able to manifest in personal forms through dreams, 
physical manifestations or sometimes through the actual bodies of the priest and priestess. And that's just something that's called drawing down. And that's um, another topic entirely, but just know that that's a thing. All right, so uh, Gardnerian Wicca, which is one of the primary traditions of Wicca, um, is primarily concerned with the priestess or priest relationship to the goddess and God. The lady and the Lord, as they're often called, are seen as the primal cosmic beings and the source of limitless power, but they're also familiar figures who comfort and nurture their children and often challenge um, and perhaps reprimand them. So there's this concept of dualism, um, but there's a difference between ontological dualism and moral dualism. So I'm gonna explain that. So ontological dualism is traditionally seen as a sacred gender polarity between the complementary and polar opposites of masculine and feminine. And the reason that I say masculine and feminine rather than male and female is because I don't believe that biological sex plays a role, but the energies of masculine and feminine do. Um, and that is why I believe Wicca and particularly traditional Wicca should absolutely include trans people and gender non-conforming people, because anyone can embody the energies of masculinity and femininity, regardless of what sex they were assigned at birth. But anyway, so it's a sacred gender polarity between the complementary polar opposites of masculine and feminine. And in mythology, they're often regarded as divine lovers. Um, that is what ontological dualism means. And this kind of dualism is common to many different religions. For example, Taoism, where it is represented through the yin and yang, and in Hinduism, where the lingam and yoni are often symbols of the sacred sexual union of a supreme god and a supreme goddess, which are often Shiva and Shakti. Ontological dualism is distinct from moral dualism, because moral dualism says that there's a supreme force of good, which is opposed by supreme force of evil. Um, Wicca don't, Wicca don't, <laughs> Wicca doesn't, um, really ascribe a morality or a moral affiliation to the gods. They just kind of exist. They're not really completely good or completely bad. They just are. Um, obviously they're supreme forces of power and of love, but to say that something is supremely good or supremely evil is not really a statement that I think most Wiccans would make. Uh, I certainly have not encountered a Wiccan that would say that. So let's talk about the god. So in some forms of Wicca, the god is seen as the masculine form of divinity, and he's the polar opposite and equal to the goddess. He is traditionally seen as having horns, and he's an archetypal deity with links to the Celtic god Kernanos, the English folkloric hero Hearn the Hunter, the Greek god Pan, the Roman god Faunus, and the Indian god Pashupati. Um, this was the god whom Gerald Gardner presented as the old god of the ancient witches, and who was supported by Margaret Murray's theory of the pan-European witch cults, which we now know is not completely true. Um, so horns are traditionally a sacred symbol of male sexuality and fertility, and masculine gods with horns or the antlers are very common in pagan symbolism throughout the world. Um, the green man is also sometimes associated with the horn god, but sometimes he has horns, sometimes he doesn't, just kind of depends on that particular rendering of him. So um, the next thing I'm gonna talk about does not really apply to everyone. I actually haven't 
heard this as being super common, but I know that it is a thing that exists. I'm going to touch on it a little bit, but briefly. So according to some people, um, at different times of the year, the Wiccan god is seen as having different personalities. He is sometimes seen as the Oak King and the Holly King, who each rule one half of the year, respectively. Um, and of course, the Oak and Holly being two different trees common in Europe. Another view of the god is that he's a sun god. And again, my particular tradition does not view him as a solar deity, but many people do. Um, and this sun god is particularly revered at the Sabbath of Lunasa, which is named for the Celtic god Lu, which does have associations with like the sun and summer and fire. Um, so many Wiccans see these facets of the god, like the sun, the horned god, etc. They see them as all aspects of the same god, but some also view them as separate and distinct deities. Now let's talk about the goddess. So traditionally, um, in some forms of Wicca, that is, the goddess is seen um, as a triple goddess. Again, that's not reflective of my perspective, but for many people, she is a triple goddess, meaning that she is the maiden, the mother, and the crone. The mother aspect, um, the mother goddess, is probably the most important of the three, and it was her that Gerald Gardner and Margaret Murray said was the ancient goddess of witches. And certain Wiccan traditions uh, that are more goddess-centric, such as reclaiming traditions or perhaps uh, Dianic Wicca, they either focus on the goddess more or they only acknowledge the goddess and not the god at all. So with Gardner's explanation aside, individual interpretations of the exact natures of the gods differ very significantly, um, but priests and priestesses are expected to develop their own relationships with the gods through personal work and direct revelation. Many of them have a duotheistic conception of the goddess being associated with the moon, the earth, and the sea, and the god being associated with the forest, hunting, and animals. This concept is often extended into a kind of polytheism by believing that the gods and goddesses of all cultures and aspects um, are kind of just representations of this pair of gods. And I would say that that is somewhat in line with what I believe personally. Um, still, others hold that various gods and goddesses are separate and distinct entities. Uh, Janet Farrar and Gavin Bone have observed that Wicca is becoming more polytheistic as it matures and is tending to embrace a more traditional pagan worldview that is polytheistic. And again, some people do not believe that the gods have real personalities, but more so um, that they are personifications of universal principles or maybe that they are psychological archetypes. So, um, while they may not be regarded as deities per se, the classical elements of earth, air, fire, and water are important parts of the wicked worldview, um, to some extent, of course, and every manifest force or form is seen to express one of these archetypal elements. And this scheme is fundamentally identical with that employed in other Western esoteric and hermetic traditions um, like Theosophy and the Golden Dawn, which were also in turn influenced by Hinduism particularly the Hindu system of tattvas. Um, there's no consensus as to the exact nature of the elements. Um, one popular system is the ancient Greek conception, where the elements correspond to matter, energy, and the mediating elements. So matter is earth, energy is fire, and then water and air mediate between them. Um, a more modern conception correlates the four elements to the scientific states of matter, um, earth being solid, water being liquid, air being gas, and fire being plasma. 
and with the akasha or the spirit element corresponding to pure energy. And to some Wiccans as well, the five points on the pentagram symbolize the four elements with the spirit force being at the top. And the pentagram is a symbol most commonly associated with Wicca in modern times. Um, it's often circumscribed, meaning that it's depicted within a circle. And it's usually, though not always, shown with one single point upward. The inverse pentagram with two points up is associated with the horned god, the two upper points being his horns, and is a symbol of the second degree initiation of traditional Wicca. And the inverted pentagram is also sometimes used by Satanists. And for this reason, um, Wiccans don't particularly like that association sometimes. Not that there's anything wrong with Satanism, if that's your thing, just to say that it's not the same as Wicca. Um, and in geometry, the pentagram is an elegant expression of the golden ratio of pi, which is popularly connected with beauty and was considered by Pythagoras to express the truth about the hidden existence of nature. So here are some tips that are kind of my personal take on connecting with the gods. Um, my high priestess like to say that you should invite the gods to drinks. And <laughs> that sounds kind of silly at first, but really it makes sense. Um, and I'm not saying that you have to literally just sit down and have a drinks with the gods, but I think it's just that act of making time for them that is intentional and giving space for the gods to show up in your life is important because you're gonna to need to know them. You're gonna to need to know them like you would get to know a friend that you're meeting um, for the first time, you know? So pray, meditate, think about them, read about them. Um, try to understand more about them because the more you know and understand, the more you're going to see and notice them. And for those of us that are theists that believe in literal gods, such as myself, I believe that the more you give them permission to show up in your life, the more they will ask about them, talk to them about your day. It doesn't have to be this formal, elaborate ritual all the time. You can just talk to them about how you're feeling, you know, as you go about your day-to-day -day life. And that's been really helpful to me. I hope this was helpful to you. And that's all I have for you this time. And I will see you all next week.